Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half-truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. Alright, what's up, man? Welcome back to the Steroids Podcast. Let's jump straight into the questions. Dunkirk asks, question for the next podcast. What compound is the most likely to promote and accelerate beard growth and deepening of the voice? One would assume testosterone, but do you know any tips and tricks for someone mildly baby-faced? Yeah, you know what? Testosterone, the one that you mentioned, that's the one. You know, the more testosterone you take, um, the more DHT is created, dihydrotestosterone. So what happens is there's an enzyme in your blood called 5-alpha reductase, okay? And it's floating around in there, and it's... It's like searching for, it's very attracted to the testosterone molecule, okay? So when it finds testosterone molecules, it, it then bonds to it, okay? And it transforms the testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, okay? And so dihydrotestosterone doesn't work in the muscles, but it works in all the other tissues, okay? So it's the masculinizing hormone. It's what makes your penis grow when you hit puberty. It's what makes you get pubic hair, um, armpit hair, chest hair, facial hair, um, deepening of the voice, okay? That That's what dihydrotestosterone does. The skin, the coarseness of the skin that men have in comparison to women, dihydrotestosterone. So it's, it's very active in all the tissues other than muscle, okay? There's an enzyme inside of muscle that deactivates it in there, so it doesn't work in there, but it's very active. And so how... Uh, how it bonds with the cells in the body is there's these androgen receptors, okay? So they're like little, like, catcher's mitts that are on the outside of your cells. And when um, when dihydrotestosterone comes floating around in the bloodstream, that catcher's mitt reaches out and it catches that dihydrotestosterone. And that dihydrotestosterone is so powerful in binding to that catcher's mitt and transmitting its signal to the inside of the cell that it's actually the same powerful as Trenblone, the most powerful bodybuilding chemical, okay, at doing that. So it has the same amount of power outside of muscle cells, but so Trenblone has it inside and outside of muscle cells. That's why Trenblone is so good, okay? But dihydrotestosterone, it has the same power um, at docking to the cells outside, not muscle cells, but all the other ones as Trenblone. So it's very, very powerful. And, you know, what you'll notice, you know, taking the best advice that anybody can give you is uh, if you want to be a bodybuilder is to get on a thousand to a thousand five hundred milligrams of testosterone per week and uh, you know that that's what bodybuilders do so <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to be a bodybuilder yeah that's the best advice you're ever going to hear because it's the most important thing to bodybuilding more important than your training more important than your diet 
okay being having those testosterone levels that's the most important component okay let me tell you that right now if you don't have it um you're not going to look like the guys that have it you never will reality reality a big rude slap in the face um but yeah you know my voice i have a deep voice as you've noticed um but i have always had a deep voice so i'm not a good example of this this is kind of funny but i i sang in choir when i was um when i was starting when i was 14 and then through when i was in university and I was always in the bass section. Even even back when I was 14, I was singing in the bass section. So, um, you know, my, my voice may have gotten a little bit lower. I can still sing on the same high range as I could back then. Um, so that hasn't gone down. But I, I might have a bit of a lower range now. But it's not significant, just, just to let you know. But, you know, I'm almost 31 years old now. And, you know, I'm still getting hairier, okay? You know, and I've been using steroids since I was 24 and, um, I'm and testosterone, you know, I've mostly been on testosterone, you know, like pretty much most of the time, definitely most of the time since then. And, you know, I'm still like getting hairier. I'm not sure if that's just my genetics. I've always been a hairy guy as well. You know, when I was 15 years old, 14 years old, I had chest hair. So that's, that's another thing, but you know, still getting hairier at 31. I don't know about that because I'm like growing more hair like on my back, on my upper arms, you know, that I did not have before. And so it definitely makes you hairier. Taking taking a lot of tests, it definitely makes you hairier. That's for sure. Um, Masteron, Proviron, those are sex drive stimulators. And like mental sex drive stimulators, Viagra makes your dick hard, but it doesn't do anything for your brain. Proviron and Mastron give you the brain sex drive, you know, stimulating that lizard brain. They do that really well. Um, if you want your face to be as chiseled as it possibly can be, then use Winstrol or Trenbolone. Winstrol is the best at this, all right? Um, it, it, it makes the watery places of your body shed that water put it into the muscle instead of in the skin all right next question is from anonymous bro an anonymous question for the legendary podcast please being on advanced supplementation increases your recovery rate less days until you can hit the same muscle again and also increases the duration of your muscle protein th synthesis. Muscle builds for more days after it's worked. These two seem contradictory. Should I do an upper lower split because my muscles will recover quickly? Or should I go for the bro split as the muscles can build for more days post-workout? All right. So let me kind of summarize what I think you're asking. It sounds like you're saying, you know, steroids make it so that you can recover quicker so you can work the same muscle again, you know, with less rest. Um, but then they also increase the duration that the muscle keeps on like building and repairing and taking up more protein, you know, more days. So you're wondering like, what should you do? You know, like rest more after your workout or, you know, hit the body part more frequently. And the answer is that you got to do what it takes for you to keep on increasing your numbers in the gym. So your, your training frequency and your steroids um, 
together, they they need to be causing you to make changes in your numbers in the gym, okay? That doesn't mean that you have to be increasing the weight on the bar um, or even the reps, but if that was the case, then you would have to be increasing um, the amount of sets that you did or the length of time that your set took, you know, the length of time that you had your muscles lifting the weight. You'd have to do it slower, basically. Um, you know, if you lifted three, if you put two plates on each side of the squat bar and did three sets of 10 one week, well, a couple weeks later, if, if you don't increase the amount of reps or the amount of sets or the weight, then you got to squat the bar slower, you know, and make that set take 30, you know, 40 seconds instead of 30 seconds, uh, you know, each set, because you've got to be changing something. Okay. And your steroids have to be fueling that change and your frequency of your workouts have to be fueling that change. Um, so another thing that, you know, you could do is you could obviously, you know, do four sets of 10 the next week instead of, you know, three sets of 10 with the same weight, or you could do, you know, three sets of 11 with the same weight next week, or you could increase the weight five pounds and, you know, do three sets of 10 again, but you have got to keep some kind of thing going up. You have got to keep improving your performance in the gym. Okay. And it can be a shitty feeling, but, um, something that happens, it happens, um, you know, to do a cycle and just realize that you, you didn't really gain anything on the cycle. You know, you just spun your wheels cause, uh, you're not, you're not stronger at the end of the cycle. And basically when you stop, you notice that you didn't make any progress that like builded you up to like the next level of muscularity that you could like build up again after the cycle you just go back down to where you were before the cycle again you just like kind of blew up like with the cosmetic effect of the cycle but if you don't increase your numbers like significantly during the cycle there's not really a lot of tangible gain um in tissue um you can blow up like i'm saying you can blow up on cycle you know and look really big on cycle you know just by being drugged up but uh, it's it's not a, a tangible gain that, you know, then the next cycle you can keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger, or like, stand, you know, like climbing up the ladder. It's not like that. Um, a lot of times if you are not making progress on those gym numbers, it's actually because of training too frequently, um, not usually the other way around. So um, if if you cannot improve what you're doing in the gym, your numbers on your lifts, um, then you probably need to rest a little bit longer, another couple days or something between workouts. And, you know, you don't build muscle in the gym. You break down muscle in the gym. It's like the most catabolic thing that you can do. You're ripping your muscles apart, breaking down protein, okay? <laughs> so you build muscle outside of the gym. I, I know you want to go to the gym. I do too. I like being there. I'm anxious, especially, you know, if there's certain body parts that I like to train more then you know, I don't want to wait, but it's the best thing to do either that or, you know, if you really can't make more progress, another way around that is to just take more steroids because then, you know, like you said, it increases the protein synthesis, the amount of protein that your body holds on to, and, uh, it increases your recovery rate. So you take more steroids then. You know, if your training isn't, you know, perfect or, or great, then you can like make up for that by like taking more steroids. Is that a wise decision? No, no, it's not. But it's it's done. It's done. Because like I said, the most important factor in bodybuilding is your testosterone levels. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> or should I say your steroid levels? Okay, how much how much is in there? Okay, that's the most important factor in you know being how big you are. It's it's weird to simplify it down to that. Okay, but you have got to have the raw materials to make the body happen, and there is no way around this that you have to have that testosterone or those steroid milligrams in your blood to become a bodybuilder. Okay? That's part of the raw materials. It's just, it's it's a necessity. It's, you know, you could put all the things, they're all equally important. You know, you have to do the weightlifting. You have to have the right steroids and the right amounts in your blood. And you have to have enough protein and enough carbs to fuel your performance so you can get stronger and stronger and stuff. So, you can't miss any factor. All right, next question. Yo, question for your podcast. So, you say steroids do not have diminishing returns. More gear equals more gains. Is that true with SARMs as well, or do you stop gaining muscle at certain dosages? Yeah, that's true. And every bodybuilder knows this is true, okay? The more milligrams of steroids you take per week the bigger and stronger you get, okay? And there is no limit. No, there is no limit. No, we're not going to bullshit around here. There is no limit. You take more steroids. You get bigger. You get stronger. End of story. So, if you read books of people that are... The steroids and bodybuilding is like a secret cult. It's like you either have to figure it out yourself through experimentation... Or you have to know the right people. And you don't meet them online, okay? You got to be introduced to the right people who are part of the club, part of the secret club, who knows how to do bodybuilding, okay? That's why I'm doing this podcast, because after I fucking got my leg infection and everything, I'm like, fuck, man, I'm just exposing this shit. So, um, the podcast and the book, that's what inspired me to, like, because I was trying to, like, rethink my life after almost losing my leg. So this was part of what I was thinking, you know, I should do that because, you know, this is fucked up that is like, it's pretty dangerous, you know, if you don't know what you're doing. And a lot of people don't know what they're doing with PEDs. So and all the advice is, you know, backwards advice that's like meant to deceive you. So I'm like, what the fuck? So that's why that was what gave me the idea to start doing this shit. Doing the podcast uh, and the book, putting out the true information so that these bastards can't be can't be profiting on their freaking lies and defrauding you, and and then taking your money and buying Lamborghinis and stuff with it, man. Bastards, bastards. These guys that are like steroid dudes. And they do the same thing with the steroids and the dosages and the SARMs and stuff as the freaking pro bodybuilders are doing with the protein supplements and the creatine from muscle tech. It's like they sit there like, yeah, like this protein and this creatine uh, from muscle tech made me a pro bodybuilder. This is how I get big. Um, Yeah, you did need protein, bro. I know that protein, you know, was part of you getting big, but there's an elephant in the room. That's not the main thing that was doing it. Okay, and it's the same thing with these dudes that are, like, peddling SARMs, you know? <laughs> these SARM peddlers. They're there to make money, okay? They're there to make SARMs, let me tell you. 
They're there to sell SARMs. That's why they're they're doing this. You know, that's why they're on social media and shit to sell SARMs. And um, uh, these guys have a little secret too. You know, they're like, oh yeah, I'm on all these SARMs. You know. Steroids? What? What are steroids? Oh, I'm on a little bit of testosterone. Yeah, it takes a little bit of injections, some manadrol, some trends, some growth hormones sometimes, but that's not really what I use. I just use these SARMs. Okay, buddy. Okay. Okay. So, everybody knows this, guys. Everybody knows this. There's been studies on it, too, for you science guys, okay? There's been there's been studies on it using using ten thousand milligram dosages, okay, of steroids. So, there there's studies from the golden era. Um, there's a doctor that wrote a book, Doctor Robert Kerr. He took care of all the bodybuilders in the golden era. He prescribed their steroids for them and did their blood work for them and everything. He prescribed them whole stacks of steroids. And he has a, a book that he like wrote about it and talks about like what he would give them and like what they're using and everything, you know, like the, the pros, you know, the big guys. So it's not like, it's not some little dosages. You guys don't, don't, don't be naive. Don't be naive when you hear these, these bodybuilders talking now, come on. Bodybuilding is like, you know, being on the bodybuilding stage, like the bodybuilding pageant, it's more like a pageant than it is a sport. If you look at it objectively. Okay. Isn't, it's all about it's all about promoting an image, you know. That's what you're selling is an image. Come on, don't be so gullible. All right, and you said is do SARMs? Okay, SARMs work. You said is it true that SARMs, you know, increasing the dosages, gaining muscle at certain dosages? Yeah, SARMs work. Okay, and if you take a lot of them, then yeah, you you can build quite a bit of muscle. You know, if you take a hundred milligrams of SARMs per day. Yeah, you can gain quite a bit of muscle, get pretty big. Um, just like through my experience and my personal friends and real life's experience, like 20 milligrams of LGD 4033 per day, like 20 milligrams, it's like as powerful, it's like as much firepower for building muscles as like three to 400 milligrams of testosterone per week. And I've known guys that have taken like 150 milligrams or 175 milligrams oral LGD 4033 today or per day. And they had steroid like results, you know, so they were taking like more than a gram, a thousand milligrams per week of, uh, you know, SARMs. And yeah, they were getting steroid like results. But uh, come on, man, this is uh, research chemicals. A lot of this stuff hasn't been tested on humans. It's been tested on animals like and you're like loading yourself with this shit like. Is risky enough, you know, loading yourself with steroids that, you know, have research and have been like had to be have medical companies prove that they were safe and shit before they could get released, you know, as medicines uh, rather than, you know, loading yourself with this stuff. You know, what if it gives you cancer? You know, the SARMs down the road, if you're taking like thousands of milligrams of this per week and getting steroid like results with it. But let me tell you, you're never going to get the same results as actual steroids. OK, so these guys that you know look like you know amazing bodybuilders you know they have amazing bodybuilders They're, they have amazing physiques you know that's not from sarms okay that they're using steroids at the same time okay and sarms are not the main factor okay let me tell you that just don't be so gullible 
Come on. All right. And and just from somebody that has your best interest in mind, what I'm I'm telling you this just because I want to see you succeed. So yeah, steroids are the magic ingredient, okay? It's not SARMs. If you want to have the, you know, the dream body that you're you're like envisioning, like steroids are going to be the most important thing to making that happen, okay? Okay, next question is from Nick. Yo, Dan, at what time should I take my growth hormone between AM, pre-workout or post-workout or PM before bed? And what are the differences between them? Cool question, Nick. Yeah, the the doctors have the kids take it before b- before bed, okay? The doctors that prescribe, because growth hormone is mostly prescribed to um, people with growth disorders, uh, so they don't they don't grow, like they don't hit puberty and shit. Um, so they have them take it before bed when you're sleeping. That's usually the time when the most growth hormone is made either that or when you're fasting, when you don't have any food, that's when the most growth hormone is made as well. But to mimic the, uh, the natural pattern of taking growth hormone that takes place, uh, in real life, you know, and that when the body is the most sensitive to the growth hormone, okay. Cause you are more sensitive at night than you are there. There's been more research that has shown that more growth hormone is absorbed at night when you shoot it before bed. Okay. So that's when you get the most, if you have to take it in one shot, personally, I prefer to just take it in the morning. I, I like to wake up and I like to take a a shot first thing when I wake up, that's my favorite time to take it before, um, before I eat anything and then like go for a walk because when you take put the growth hormone molecule in your body um and you don't have any insulin in your blood so you you're fasted you know you haven't eaten so you woke up in the morning you haven't eaten breakfast um the growth hormone molecule directly causes your fat cells to release their contents into the blood okay so taking that shot makes your fat cells release their contents into the blood so you can go for a walk and just burn it up while it's in your blood okay it's like free fat burning every morning. So it's a really cool method. Taking it once or twice per day, you know, taking it more times per day is better. Um, taking it post-workout is good too. Some people like to take it pre-workout and it's true. It does help you get a better pump. But if you just take it in the morning, it helps you get a bit better pump. Or if you just take it in general. So growth hormone is a repair hormone too. So you should know that, that, you know, taking growth hormone after your workout is when you know directly after your workout would be when your um your muscles were broken down okay and so when they're broken down like that then these satellite cells um stem cells uh they're they're cells that can become a different type of cell they're ready to become a different type of cell okay so these stem cells or they're called satellite cells sometimes they're around the muscle tissue okay and so when they get contacted by the growth hormone and the IGF-1, uh, that makes them start to trans... It makes them transform into a, a muscle cell, okay? So that's how it how it helps repair. And then the, the muscle cells themselves um, are very sensitive to IGF-1 and produce IGF-1 inside of themselves after um, training. So it helps them repair too. It's IGF-1, growth hormone, they're, they're growth and repair hormones. So taking them post-workout 
makes the most sense as far as what they do. Um, in my experience, the way that has worked the best is taking it when I wake up in the morning, doing the fat burning thing, and then taking it post-workout, immediately post-workout. That's how I like to do it. Split it twice per day. Um, it's in your blood for uh, 12 hours after taking a shot, um, subcutaneous into the fat. I prefer fat so into the fat injections too. There's less water retention in your skin. If you inject the growth hormone into the fat in your belly instead of into your muscles. Um, so yeah, those are pretty much the differences. Those are pretty much the differences there with, uh, times, what the effects are taking growth hormone at different times. But, uh, mind you people that are using insulin, you know, they have to take it after the workout because, you know, they have to take the growth hormone after the workout because they have, they need to sensitize their muscle cells extra. So you come out of the workout, shoot the growth hormone, <laughs> makes the fat cells insensitive to insulin, makes the muscle cells more sensitive to insulin, and then get all the nutrients in your blood. Um, you know, some people do this, you know, they shoot the growth hormone pre-workout and do it like this too. And it has the same effect. Um, you know, and then they get all the nutrients in the blood, the whey protein, the sugar, and then they shoot the insulin and then it rams, you know, the insulin is the transport molecule. So it, it opens the door to the muscle cells that are sensitive to insulin. And, um, then, you know, then all the nutrients go into the cell, all the fuel goes into the cell. But, uh, that, if you're not using that though, and I don't recommend using that, um, just use the growth hormone, bro. <laughs> don't use the insulin. That's where the guts come from. That's where all the the changed organ sizes come from. It's when you combine growth hormone and insulin together, freaky things start happening to your organs. So stay away from that. Stay away from that, my pupil. Okay, next question is from Big Chev. Question. I'm planning on doing my first cycle soon. I'm just going to be doing 250 milligrams of test and anti a week for 10 weeks. And my source is telling me I just need HCG for PCT since I'm just doing testosterone. Is he correct? Or should I get an anti-estrogen just to be safe? Yeah, so you're doing a, a low dosage of testosterone. You know, 250 milligrams for 10 weeks. It almost seems to me like you should just stay on the 250 milligrams of testosterone like longer because like twice as long, like 20 weeks, because that's just when you're going to be, like, getting any gains out of it, man. Like, like it's going to be a little boost, okay, that you can, like, you can be expecting from this dosage of testosterone to get a little boost in the gym. It's going to help you break your plateau, but it's not going to do more. So if you're going to use a really low dosage like that, you've got to stay on for a long time in order to accumulate, you know, some significant gains before, you know, when you go off, you go backwards, uh, there's th that thing that, um, that myth about, you know, or that fantasy about, oh, I'm going to go on steroids and get up to my natural limit. And then I'm going to, you know, maintain that. That's not how that works. If you, that's not how that works. If you gain steroid muscle, um, when you go off steroids, you go back down. Can you retain some muscle from steroids, um, that you built if it's like within your natural limit? Like, yeah, but not at your natural limit. You know, it's going to be under your natural limit because your natural limit is only when all things are optimal training, diet, intensity, and that can't be maintained 
indefinitely. Okay. So it's going to be, it's going to be under, it's going to be under bro. And if you like stop working out and like take a break, then you're going to lose muscle just like you would have, you know, and you're going to go back under back to the same as what you are natural. If you want to look like you're on steroids, you got to use steroids. Okay. <laughs> you got to like be on them. You got to like use them regularly. There, there's no, there's no way around it. Don't want to fill your mind. Don't want to, don't want to make, sh- I want to make sure big chef. I want to make sure that your mind is pure and untarnished from all those unsightly fantasies of these charlatans like Greg Doucette that tell you lies about steroid use and the dosages that you need. They tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you want to hear. Wouldn't that be nice, you know? It's like you can listen to me and have someone like tell you scary things like you have to use a thousand milligrams of steroids to be a bodybuilder or you can listen to what you want to hear. Oh, the salesman. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that nice when he says you can get big, you know, on 250 milligrams per week? Isn't that nice? You know, that's what we want to hear. So that's very convincing and it's very um, it's a lot more censored and nice to hear than my my content which is just the honest truth i want you to succeed man so that's why i don't mean to say big chef i don't know what your goals are man i'm not i'm not saying like oh your cycle is no good like if you want to use 250 milligrams for 10 weeks of testosterone dude that you know you're gonna this is what i think you're gonna gain from it you're going to know, like, you're going to be like, yeah, I, you know, I can take testosterone. You know, I know how to give myself injections. And you'll, like, kind of, like, pass a mental barrier. You'll make some gains in the gym. You'll break your plateau currently. Um, and you'll, like, break a mental barrier, you know. It'll get you, like, more comfortable with the idea for something in the future. That's what I would expect from this. But, yeah. So, good luck, big chef. Should you... uh Use an HCG for PCT. Yes, HCG is the best PCT drug. Um, you know, you use it at two to three thousand IU's per week for you know three to six weeks or so, and you you take you split it into one thousand IU injections. So you take one, two or three one thousand IU injections uh, of HCG per week. You can do it into the fat. You can do it subcutaneous injection, or you can do it into the muscle. It doesn't matter. And I would say, though, that you should get a little bit of anti-estrogen, okay? Because you just don't know how you're going to react. And if you start building up estrogen, and some guys that take TRT, they need a Remedex. You know, that's not that uncommon for guys on TRT to need a Remedex and have it prescribed by their doctors, anti-estrogen. So, you know, you taking 250 milligrams per week, you don't know how you're going to react. You've never used steroids before. You need to have the um, chemicals on hand, the medicines on hand to take care of side effects before you use them because um, that's how people get permanent side effects is from not having, not being prepared beforehand to have the stuff ready right then when you get the side effects. And instead, you know, scrambling and having to like, you know, wait a week, you know, while they're experiencing side effects until they can get the medicine because they didn't start with it. And then, you know, those side effects that, they set in and become permanent side effects, you know? Um, so you gotta, you gotta keep everything on hand just to make sure, you know, worst case scenario, you got it covered. And the guys who forego this, I mean, I can't tell anyone what to do, you know? So 
even like my personal friends, you know, it's pretty funny when uh, they forgo this and I'm like, you shouldn't do that, man. And they're like, no, 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 I want to use it. I want to use it. And so they're like <laughs> using, using trend without having cabergolin on hand or using testosterone without having anti-estrogen on hand. And, you know, the Trembolone guy comes up to me, you know, a couple weeks later and he's like, bro, I have a confession. I've chemically castrated myself. What what do I do? <laughs> like, get that caber, man. Get that caber going. Take care of it. So, or if they get the, you know, they might, if it's testosterone and they don't have the AI, you know, they might have high blood pressure or something um, that is causing them headaches chronically or something like that. Or they might have, uh, you know, get some burning, itching nipples and some swelling under there. And, you know, grow some breast tissue under there, you know, during that week or two weeks, you know, until they can, once that starts, until they can finally get their anti-estrogen. But if you catch it, you know, within 48 hours of experiencing those symptoms and you take an anti-estrogen, there's nothing permanent. So the one exception to that is if people are on Tren or DECA and they don't know how to control Tren or DECA gyno. So... Some people will, will have that happen and be like, no, no, it happened overnight and I couldn't get rid of it. Well, you have to have the proper protocol, okay? So if you're using 19 NORS, then you have to include Pramipexil or Cabergolin in with the anti-estrogen, okay? Or else the anti-estrogen will not work to shrink it after it showed up, okay? So you cannot just use the anti-estrogen alone, like Exonestane or Arimidex or Nolvidex, okay? The way, if you've got, if you've got Tren or DECA, gyno at all, you, ha you have to have Pramipexil or Cabergolin, okay? Or, or else it will not do anything to use your anti-estrogens or your Novodex. That's the prerequisite to be able to take care of gyno with those compounds. So that's what I recommend for you, bro. To be safe, start with that anti-estrogen on hand. Nicholas asks, hey man, the only good thing about the bullshit lockdown is being able to go back and listen to the old official steroids podcasts. So good. Awesome. You put a smile on my face, Nicholas. What are your thoughts on mixing testosterone esters? Say if I want to hit the magic 1000 milligram per week number. Good. You're a smart man. Sounds like he wants to be a bodybuilder, and he knows what he has to do in order to make that happen. Could you go 500 milligrams of enanthate and 500 milligrams of testosterone propionate? Also, on, thoughts on mixing orals, say Anadrol and Winstrol or Superdrol and Winstrol? Okay, good questions. Yeah, you can mix the esters. That's what Sustanon is. So you hear like Sustanon 250, and you're like, what's that? Well, it's four different esters of testosterone in one vial. So... um yeah, you can definitely mix that. That's a pharmaceutical grade product, okay? Uh, but yeah, I think that propionate is a stronger testosterone. Like in practice, it's a strong, you know, it has more milligrams per. Okay, if you have 100 milligrams of testosterone propionate and 100 milligrams of testosterone enanthate, there's more testosterone in the propionate, okay? 100 milligrams because the propionate ester weighs less and takes up less space. Um, in milligrams than the enanthate ester okay it's it takes up more space in milligrams and it's heavier so there's in test enanthate there's like 70 milligrams of testosterone and 30 milligrams of enanthate and in test propionate there's like 
85 milligrams of pro of testosterone and 15 milligrams of propionate. Okay. It's, um, per 100 milligrams of hormone. Okay. Um, and those numbers that I said just now were not like the exact number that's been, uh, said in a laboratory. So you funny boys, you trolls, you trolls out there who are going to say it's this number, this percent, dude, I was within like 2%. Okay. And I do this, I do this podcast live. I do this podcast live. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, next part of the question is, so there's nothing wrong with mixing esters. You can do different types of testosterone experiment. Good idea. Okay. Also thoughts on mixing orals, say anadrol and winstrol or superdrol and winstrol. Yeah, that works really, really well. Anadrol and winstrol is a killer combo. Winstrol pairs so good with so many hormones like D-ball and winstrol, test and winstrol. Um, but it provides that balance that puts that, that more hard defined look because, you know, in areas of your body, especially the lean areas of, of your body, it, it really thins out the little bit of water that's um, held in your skin and makes those areas of your body look really muscular and sharp especially you know where one muscle attaches to the next muscle so that look of seamless muscle transition where there's muscles everywhere and you can see like defined the area where one muscle stops and the next muscle starts winstrol really promotes that effect okay that is a strong cosmetic effect of winstrol so some people like worry about I mean, we've talked about toxicity before on the podcast from orals, you guys. It's it's way overblown. Just to let you know, it's way overblown. So, if you've got if you've got um, questions about toxicity um, with orals, um, there's a lot of information on the podcast. So you can go to the website for the podcast www.steroidspodcast.com. Okay, and at the bottom of the screen, if you scroll down to the bottom of the screen, there's a search bar, and you can type in. Um, what you're looking for. Okay. So you could type in the word toxicity search on steroidspodcast.com on the search bar at the bottom of the page. Um, you got to click on one of the podcast episodes and then it's at the bottom of the page. Okay. And, and so then it will show you then a list of all the episodes with the timestamps of when toxicity was talked about. Okay. in the podcast. So you could even say oral toxicity if you wanted to, and that would be more specific. Okay. But that's how you can use the search bar on the www.steroidspodcast.com website to find answers to some of your questions. Like if you guys are worried about, you know, you guys were talking about mixing orals. So I know that some of you guys out there are going to be like, isn't that going to kill you? Okay, no. For one thing, steroids are like cigarettes, okay? They kill you slowly. They don't acutely kill you, okay? They don't they don't do that. So it's not gonna make someone drop dead to combine anadrol and winstrol, superdrol and winstrol. I've taken over three hundred milligrams of orals per day before. It's not killing people and that's not even extreme what I did, okay? There's plenty of people who take more D ball than you know. I don't even want to go there. I don't want to talk about like steroid abuse, you guys. Okay. But just know, okay. I've tried it all myself. So I know, you know, with my own freaking brain. Okay. And, um, it's, uh, it works. It works. Okay. And it doesn't make you drop dead. Okay. It's like cigarettes. 
you have bad blood work when you're using oral steroids, okay? Your blood work looks like shit while you're on them. So if you use them for years on end, it's the same thing when you smoke. If you smoke cigarettes, your blood work, your blood work looks like shit, okay? <laughs> and so, you know, if you smoke cigarettes and you go get a blood test, you know, like a general blood test, you're going to be like really alarmed when you look at the results. And it's going to be the same thing if you're on oral steroids. So... But do you drop dead from smoking, you know, cigarettes for a month, for two months? No, you know, but if you do it for, you know, f most of the time for five, ten years, yeah, the side effects, you know, I mean, the negative health effects of the, you know, smoking starts to add up, you know, and it can cause you major health problems. So it's the same thing with steroids. Okay. So you think of them like that. Make sure that you know that that's the way that, like, toxicity with steroids works. Um, it's not an acute toxicity. So... My favorite combinations of orals to mix would be a combination of Winstrol and Anivar at low dosages. So like, you know, like 30 milligrams of each per day or 40 or 50 milligrams of each per day or 30 milligrams of Anivar and 50 milligrams of Winstrol. They have a good synergy effect. They work, they work together well and it seems stronger than just using one or the other. Uh, another good one is... Anadrol and Winstrol, or Anadrol and D-Ball, because they balance each other. I like Anadrol and Winstrol better. I'm, Anadrol and Winstrol is a really killer combo. Um, you know, Anadrol makes you big, and the Winstrol promotes that more um, defined between each muscle, the separation of the muscle's appearance. So those work really good together. Superdrol works good stacked with Winstrol. Works good stacked with Anadrol works good on its own you know the more again the general rule is the more steroids you take the bigger you get and you know the better the more powerful things work but i think that with stacking the oral steroids using the lower dosages of them and stacking them together like more different kinds seems to work better than just increasing the dosages and this this is somewhat true for all steroids, like taking stacks of steroids because they all have different qualities and different like um, bits of the metabolic system that they that they um, that they make changes to, you know, the metabolic system, which is nutrient partitioning. You know, where do the fats, the proteins and the carbs that you eat in your diet go to? What cells do they go to? Each steroid has different ways of influencing this. So as you know, if you had to ask me. You know, what are you going to do, man? You know, are you going to jack the dosages way up or are you going to take a lot of different hormones at low dosages? I would say, yeah, you know, I'm going to take more hormones at lower dosages, you know, and take, you know, try to take a, a ton of different ones rather than, you know, if I wanted the best, the best results um, compared to just jacking up, you know, one, one steroid at a, at a mega dose, it works better to use multiple different kinds at the same time. And what I'm trying to say is that that's true of injectables, orals, it doesn't matter. Any combination, it always works. All right. And uh, if you're one of these guys that's hell bent on destroying your health and becoming a pro bodybuilder, and you had to decide, you know, am I going to take, you know, huge milligrams, you know, per week? Or am I going to take a lot of different kinds at lower milligrams? I recommend that, okay? It's going to work good, so at least exhaust that option first.
So, and just to let you know, the guys in the golden era that were, um, you know, under Dr. Robert Kerr, the doctor that prescribed them their stuff, they preferred those methods, um, or the doctor did, Robert Kerr, you know, rather than jacking up their, their dosages on individual steroids, he would, he would put them on long lists of combinations of different steroids, all right, <laughs> at, uh, at dosages he found appropriate. He didn't like to put people on more than 25 milligrams of Deanabol per day, but he liked to put people, you know, when they first started on Anadrol, he liked to put them on 100 milligrams per day. So he uh, he would have different dosages for each different um, steroid that he thought were effective and that he would then, you know, when a bodybuilder would pull a toe, he'd add in a new steroid and, and keep, you know, into the stack. And they'd keep on adding more stuff and to keep the bodybuilder going. Um, and sometimes, you know, bodybuilders would hit a plateau and you got to increase the protein in the diet. You got to increase some carbs in the diet. If you notice in the trend with bodybuilding um, and, and how you like gain muscles and stuff, it's, it's, it's by slow, steady increases over time. So incremental increases. So incrementally increasing what you're doing in the gym, um, your performance in the gym incrementally increasing the food that you take incrementally increasing the dosage of steroids and the different types of steroids that you're taking okay they all they all are synergy as usual okay oh it looks like you okay jimbro asks next question what is the best way to maintain a healthy sex drive while on trend does diet play a factor what are your three favorite steroids to cycle with trend Okay, good question. Um, so we've talked about trenbolone chemical castration. There, I put a clip from the podcast up on YouTube the other day. Um, it's called Trendic, okay? And it talks about everything, you know, all the sexual side effects of trenbolone, okay? And um, you should check that out. It's a really good excerpt from one of the podcasts if you want to learn, you know, about, you know, why trenbolone and you know exactly what it does to um, you know obliterate your sex drive and you know chemically castrate you. You know not everybody gets this effect, but um, most people do, and you'll be lucky and unusual if you don't. Um, you got to use cabergolin or pramipexil to keep your sex drive usually if you're using trembolone or deca for that matter. Diet doesn't really play a factor, no. Mm. I think I mentioned earlier in this podcast, too, like, if you try to, like, think about, like, sex or something, and, you know, you're on a lot of trembolone, um, you just feel kind of foggy. Your brain will just feel kind of foggy. And it won't it won't really compute, you know. It's it's a really very strange sensation. But that it's it's a complete mental and physical castration so can't come it's impossible can't get a boner it's impossible and um, your brain can't like process sex right so it yeah it's it's chemical castration it's pretty crazy but take in a half milligram of cabergoline two or three times per week can usually control this like to some degree um, to an acceptable degree most most people using that along with the trend can, you know, make using the trend acceptable and they can, you know, still have their penis working and everything. 
but as you increase the dosage like higher and higher with the trend then even that kind of stops working but three favorite steroids to cycle with trend well testosterone and trenbolone work really well together so they are such a synergistic pair that's probably like the most powerful combination of steroids that you can use so testosterone for sure i like you know what anadrol with trend is a really good one too um super draw with trend dianabol with trend stuff that makes you big stuff yeah stuff that makes you big test anadrol d-ball going with trend and you know it just takes over your metabolism become a muscle burning fat muscle building fat burning machine not gonna sugarcoat it not gonna lie just gonna tell it like it is when you chemically enhance yourself by putting hormones injecting hormones into your body so a lot of people use Mastron with trend cycles so you know Mastron is it's common to use with trenbolone and one of the reasons for this is that Mastron and Proviron for that matter you know at 350 milligrams per week or 700 milligrams per week they increase your sex drive a lot so increase the increase it a lot okay your lizard brain your lizard brain is going to be on fire so it's in your brain okay it's in your brain so since trembolone can you know hurt your sex drive a lot you know those can you know help combat that side effect so that's one of the reasons to use masteron or or that people use masteron when they use trend and why that's popular okay next question KD Roof asks, what you think of HCG during cycle for PCT? How about if you stay on TRT year round? Is it worth running or a waste? Man, I think it's so funny that these like freaking charlatan gurus that try to lead you astray online are like uh, telling you guys like, it's pointless to use your HCG while you're on steroids. Dude, TRT doctors prescribe their patients HCG year round, okay? Mo if you have a competent TRT doctor who is interested in your best health, then he puts you on testosterone and HCG at the same time, okay? Because it doesn't matter if you're taking steroids or not, or if you're taking testosterone or not, okay? HCG works on your testicles, okay? It communicates directly with your testicles. Usually your pituitary gland sends out a signaling hormone that uh, communicates with your testicles, okay? But the HCG does the same thing. So you put it in your body through an injection and then it makes your testicles start working again okay it turns your testicles on and it doesn't matter if you're using steroids or using testosterone trt or what as soon as you put that hcg in there within two to three days four days your balls go back to normal size and you start producing a lot more semen okay and um and it doesn't matter whether you're on or not on steroids okay this happens so man some people are talking out of their asses saying that, you know, there's no reason to use HCG on steroids. Like, what are you talking about, man? So, I mean, if you like your testicles, and a lot of people do, you know, it's pretty shitty using steroids and having small testicles. Like, you should use HCG while you use steroids so that that doesn't happen, okay? Because it doesn't. And if you use 500 IUs of HCG three times a week... You have normal testicles that produce sperm and testosterone while you use steroids, okay? And you're not infertile for the most part. Okay. 
it's also the best PHC tea drug, and we've talked about that before. And yes, you can run it year round. Okay, I look easy asks. <laughs> That's a funny name. Testosterone to deca ratio to avoid limp dick. Okay, well, it's not really a ratio so much as just uh, using deca. If you're going to use deca, it affects a lot of people's dicks. So you got to use cabergolin, okay? Same thing with trend, same dosage scheme uh, to combat that and make it so that it works um, or else it, it just won't get hard, you know? It just won't. <laughs> that that can happen, not to everybody. but So that usually only happens, though, when people combine um, DECA with testosterone, uh, which is common practice. But if you don't use the testosterone and you just use the DECA alone, it can be used for hormone replacement therapy. And it actually, you know, this goes against Internet wisdom, but it most people that use DECA alone without testosterone can maintain a functioning sex drive and um, function. It's it's actually the combination of the testosterone and the DECA together that causes problems. So I know a lot of people say like, you know, like, oh, you got to like run a lot of testosterone with DECA, but usually it just creates like a, because testosterone creates a lot of other hormones in your body, you know? There's a lot of metabolite hormones that so kind of creates like a cesspool, like a disaster, and then reacts badly with the DECA and the metabolites for that, and you get this whole female hormone mess screwing up your your toolkit <laughs> okay joey asks how long can you run Novadex with trt and are there any major health concerns in doing so well i'm guessing you're doing it for anti-estrogen mostly for for gyno so i remember when i first started taking steroids i was like oh i gotta have Novadex. like that's really important um and i would like be using it pretty frequently uh but you know, after I became more experienced, I realized that I didn't need to use an estrogen blocker for my nipple. I just needed to keep my estrogen levels in my body in the normal range. And then I would uh, feel the best that way, too, because taking Clomid and Mulvidex, it's not really that great for your well-being. Uh, it kind of affects you a little bit mentally. Uh, but if you take the anti-estrogens like Exemestin, Aromacin, Letrozole, um, Arimidex. So if you take those to control your estrogen, those lower the, to the total amount of estrogen in the body instead of just blocking the estrogen at the receptors like the Novadex does. And when you lower the total amount in the body and get it, you keep it in the normal range, like as if you were not on steroids, then you feel the best and there's the least health concerns. Uh, as far as Novadex, you know, running it, year-round for TRT. You know, women who have breast cancer run it year-round. So it's it's used in medicine. Is it is it the greatest thing to do? Is it the healthiest thing to do? No. No, it's not. Okay, next question is from Johansson, who asks, Gyms reopen here in two weeks. I got off a test cycle five weeks ago. Is hopping back on after not training for seven weeks a bad idea? I did 10 weeks of 500 milligrams test E. Now I'm thinking 12 weeks of test propionate and nandrolone phenylpropionate. That's fast-acting DECA, so it's a short. Nandrolone phenylpropionate, or NPP is how it's abbreviated, is a fast-acting form of DECA. So it's, you know, 
NPP is to DECA as testosterone propionate is to testosterone enanthate. Get it? Um, he, you know, when you get, when you get back on, on, in the gym, you said you're, you're going to get back in the gym in two weeks. You got off a cycle five weeks ago. You'd haven't trained in seven weeks. So you're, you're saying, is it a bad idea to get on cycle? Just don't, you know, when you first get in the gym, just don't be going like super heavy. Okay. Like if the steroids are making you feel jacked up and making you feel all like real strong, you know, make sure that you just pace yourself a little bit when you're when you're getting back into the gym because you know you need to slowly load your muscles and and ligaments and tendons to make sure you know it's safe so um even if you feel like you can lift more weight take a take a couple weeks to you know if you start you know getting on a bunch of steroids or something and working out in uh doing this in two weeks just try to pace yourself so that you're not going balls to the wall, you know, one week after you're back in the gym, you know, wait, wait two or three, four weeks until you're acclimated again. Okay. Next question is from Enigma. And he asks, hi, Dan, I've been watching your videos for a long time. And every, this is the last question, by the way, and this is a really good one. And every steroid podcast is a must listen. I just, I just wanted to ask you, what is your opinion on more plates, more dates statement that testosterone is the most primitive and has poor tissue selectivity? And he backs it up with some cookie cutter studies, about 20 milligrams anivar a day and 100 milligrams test per week yields the same amount of muscle as 600 milligrams of test only. Also, his statements are that it is much better to mix more anabolic compounds such as nandrolone rather than blast higher test. For example, by that logic, 1,000 milligrams test only would yield much bigger sides and less muscle than 500 test, 500 deca. It has no sense because nandrolone is known to be very neurotoxic and screw up your cardiovascular health. Okay, so that was a long question. It was a really good question, but let's go back to the beginning of it. So he said that testosterone is primitive and has poor tissue selectivity. Yeah, testosterone has effects all over the body, you know? It's you know, it becomes other hormones too. It becomes estrogen. It becomes dihydrotestosterone. So it's a very, but it's a very powerful hormone and it's very cheap. And, uh, for most people, it's not that hard to use either. Um, so, you know, if you wanted to be a bodybuilder, you could do that on half a vial of testosterone a week. Okay. And no other steroids, you could become a bodybuilder. Okay. So that would be, about 1,250 milligrams of testosterone per week. And, you know, how much is that going to cost you? That's going to cost you like 25 milligrams per week. Or, sorry, $25 per week on the black market would be like an average going price for that. Um, you know, so most people can afford that. And so that that's a reason why. Because testosterone is very powerful. Don't let anyone tell you. I mean, we've said before, you know, what was Dallas McCarver's blood levels of testosterone when he got his uh, autopsy? Okay, it was ten thousand milligrams per week was the blood levels that were shown um, from his autopsy. Okay, the equivalent what was in nanograms per deciliter in his blood. Okay, so so that's a pro bodybuilder. Okay, and I'm I'm just telling you this for emphasis that don't don't be confused by these guys that say that testosterone in increasing dosages does not work. Okay. It does. And it's very powerful. And it's one of the most necessary hormones for bodybuilding. Um, 
mixing testosterone with other chemicals is extremely powerful. And every 250 milligrams of testosterone that you increase, the bigger and stronger you become. Um, this is not debatable. If, if you've done it, you know. <laughs> but it also works with stuff like DECA, like stuff with Echopoise. You know, if you take thousands of milligrams per week of that stuff, then you can get big too. And you don't need to take a thousand, you know, a ton of testosterone with it, you know, or you could if you wanted to. The name of the game is take more steroids, get bigger, get stronger. Do it however you want. Just make sure that you take steroids, steroids, and more steroids, okay? If Like if you're looking to do things more optimally. I'm not telling you to do that, and I'm not glorifying their use because that would be a very stupid thing to do, actually. It would be a very stupid thing to do, and I don't, don't do it. But... I'm just telling you about how they work because you're, you're asking how they work. So I'm trying to, I'm saying it like this. I'm explaining it like this to help you understand what they do in your body. So then once you have a clear understanding, then you can apply it. Okay. I don't, I'm not telling you this so that you can go run off and be reckless with the information. I'm just telling you straight up man to man, adult to adult. The God honest truth. So that's pretty much all I have to say about what more plates, more dates said. It, all steroids work except for a couple ones like Mastron and, and uh, Proviron. Other than that, you take more steroids, you get bigger. It doesn't matter what steroids you take. Take them all. <laughs> if you're trying to become some kind of freak, because that's what these... You know, freak shows that look like they're coming from Mars do, okay? If that's your goal, then that's what's required to make that happen because that's what those guys do. My advice, don't use a lot of oral steroids. Don't use a lot of steroids that are not natural, okay? Mostly just use testosterone. That's my advice. It's the natural hormone. It's not toxic. You take it. Your blood work looks good on it. The only thing that might be a little bit off is your cholesterol, and you can fix that by eating a bunch of soluble fiber. And other than that, it's cheap, it's effective, it's healthy, it's, it's a good hormone. Don't underrate it. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.